0: Welcome to the realm of magic and mystery, classic horror and sci-fi. You are now entering the House of the Unusual podcast with your hosts, Eddie and Joe. Welcome all you cool ghouls and friendly fiends to the House of the Unusual podcast. I'm your host, Joe Pavlansky. With me as always is the maestro of Mail Order Mysteries, Eddie Guevara. Today, the house opens its doors to special guests, Jude Cambezi and William Osborne. Gentlemen, how's everybody doing tonight? Good evening. Good evening. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to go down. We got two new guests on tonight, Jude and William. So we're going to go down the list. And uh, gentlemen, just uh, introduce yourselves. Let the audience know uh, a little bit about yourself, some of your interests and uh you know, maybe what, what brought you on the podcast tonight. So, uh, Jude, let's start off with you, brother. What's hey up? Hey, guys,
1: I'm glad to be here. I appreciate it. Uh, uh, yeah, my name is Jude Cambysi. I'm from New Orleans. I work all over the United States. I'm right now sitting in Dothan, Alabama in a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> and not much to do. But uh, what brought me here was uh, I'm a kid of the 70s. You know, I'm like kind of like Eddie uh I've seen his, uh, his, his eBay store. And I thought, man, well, look at this guy (laughs) and he's got all this stuff. And then the ghost and, you know, my dad used to be a traveling salesman and, uh, he would go to these novelty. They used to have these novelty stores. And I remember getting like the, the, the black bank with the hand that comes out and grabs the coin and stuff like that, you know? And, then, you know, being comic book, not not a collector, just Batman and different things, the ads, you know, like Eddie says, the, the ads grab you and, and makes your imagination just kind of go wild. And I'm like, man, that's cool. And then when you get it, you're like, really?
0: <laughs> <laughs> that seems a general consensus. Yeah, I mean, <laughs>
1: some of it is cool. But then I guess being that nostalgic, you know, I had it and a lot of stuff. I mean I'm nowhere near a collector like like you guys. Uh I'm just more of an enthusiast. And you know getting some <laughs> I what did he say house house of the unusual usable uh unusable. It's like <laughs> house of the unneeded cuz we don't need it but we love it. <laughs> that is true. That anyway, is true. Uh, yeah, so um that's kind of why I'm here, you know, to meet meet guys that, that uh maybe learn some things I didn't know, maybe share some things, you know. I just I just got something cool in the mail. I got the Frankenstein Mystery game from Hasbro. Remember that? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, what year was that? That was 1963. <laughs> I I don't I mean, I never had that, but I just think the artwork was cool.
0: Oh, that—that's all, all. That all that painted artwork was always real cool. I much better than the digital stuff they produce today. Yeah, the
1: artwork like Aurora models. I mean, that—that that was my thing. Aurora models and,
0: you know, things like that. Awesome, but, awesome. Uh, well, well, Jude, good to good to have you on on board. And uh, we're gonna turn it over to William. William, what's up? What's up?
2: All right. <laughs> um, I'm Magic Bill, and I'm uh. A chemical engineer, been doing it for s- several decades now. I'm a baby boomer, and I remember the comic book ads and ooh, sea monkeys, <laughs> and then you get them. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so uh, always uh, like to save up and Johnson Smith and some of the other uh, big names back back in the day and uh my brother got x-ray specs when we were a kid and we looked in them and wow you can see the bones in your hand (laughs) (laughs) so go buy yourself a pair and find out so
0: (laughs) you know i just got my first pair of x-ray specs not too long ago i've one of the things i've always wanted and Yeah, they definitely lived up to the, uh, I guess, the hype for about a second.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, but uh, I'm uh, big in electronics. I've been doing electronics for probably half a century now. And people ask, why didn't you get into electrical engineering rather than chemical? And I said, well, I thought it'd be too boring. (laughs) So but uh, currently, I'm uh, doing some consulting up here in Kingsport, and uh, we're modernizing a high explosives facility. So, mm.
0: uh, nice, nice. Well, let's let's not blow blow yeah. yourself up or anybody. Else.
2: Actually, <laughs> about two years ago, they had a fire, and it led to an explosion four late uh, four hours later, and it, we were over a mile away on a trailer on site. And it rocked the trailer and almost broke all the windows uh, when it went off. So, oh wow! Luckily, no one was hurt, or but the building was leveled right to the ground. So, yeah, wow. wow. Yep, but uh, uh, yeah. So it can be dangerous, but uh, most time they process it really safe. But uh, yeah, it's kind of a uh, bad days for, for those people that day, so um, but uh, yeah, so um, I sent Eddie some pictures of some of the things I've done in the past, and you talk about collectibles. I was uh big into Star Wars, and I produced electronic version. It had a neon tube in it of the Star Wars lightsaber, but I don't do that anymore because Lucas Prince of Darkness tried to sue me. So I did a cease and desist and, uh, yeah, returned uh, what I had in inventory plus pay him, of course. So, but uh, I did it for the love of the fans. So it was uh, awesome.
0: Uh, hmm. Yeah. S- sounds good. Well, Magic Bill, glad to have you on board, and uh, we're going to turn it over to the uh, the Maestro of Mail Order Mysteries. Eddie, what's going on?
3: How are you guys? How are you? Everything's going fine in my side of the woods here. Um, it's funny what uh, William was saying right there. I'm, I'm surprised that the CIS and disease was not just enough for them to just uh, stop there. They had to get money and stuff. I'm very surprised because usually they don't go that far. Um, another thing I was going to say, when you're talking about like Jude, for example, you're saying mm. about all the famous mail order ads. And one of the things that, uh, you know, when we are talking earlier, the company, not earlier, but earlier before the show started, uh, the company is actually asking me to come on board,
1: mm. uh,
3: which is called Digitable, actually. Um, one of the things the one of the founders of the company, when he heard sea monkeys, every time he would pass by me, he goes, Those sea monkeys, man. (laughs) And that's actually what I think caught him the most. Uh, He was brought right back to the the era of the sea monkeys. Now, he just turned 50, and he's actually a a lawyer. And, you know, when you have – because the thing is, if you turn 50, you just kind of like were born right towards the end where most of these companies were going out of business already. So if you were in your mid fifties, you obviously were able to buy everything from the from the comics. If you weren't in your mid fifties, like say you're forty five, forty six, like well, like even uh, Kirk DeMaris for Broad Mail Mysteries because of his reason of uh being at forty two, he was he was able to go. Well you he was able to go into um the different, uh, you know, like areas, like, for example, he would go to his grandfather's house or his father's house, whatever, and they had in the basement, they had comic books. So he would say, hey, mom, can I order this? And then when they obviously sent out for it, it wouldn't work. Uh, it would be out of business. So that that's uh, what you have a lot of people. Uh, some of the people that gave the book four stars instead of five said that they wish that it wasn't written by somebody that, you know, just was interested in the era. He, they wanted somebody that actually had lived in it. Now, I'm assuming that me and Jude and, and William are about the same uh, age, give or take. I'm 58.
2: Right or right or right? Oh, I'm 64. Okay, I'm so William, I'm a lot older than you guys.
3: You passed us. You passed us. You're actually at the same age. Uh, Todd is, I think. No, Todd is 60. Um one of the I, oh yes okay sixty four is the guy who did the robot for there me, you
2: go
3: uh, the engineer who put it together, um, Dr. Saab he's 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 the same age as you. Well, here's the thing, Bill, uh, you came out in an era when the Honor House Company popularized the the rocket ship. That was one of their first selling uh, items. And this is before they started. I remember the, like, the submarine, submarine, but I don't
2: remember the rocket. So I guess I didn't wa- read that many comic oh. books or pay attention to the ads in the back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the
3: the rocket ship came out um, probably okay. In
2: the I was born in mid fifties, so fifty six. Uh, so yeah,
3: okay. Okay, because I was going to say Honor House uh, started in '47, and then in the late 50s, they started with the rocket ship, and then they followed it with the Sherman tank, which was not really that popular. In fact, um, very few people even ever talk about the tank. But then when the submarine came on, uh, which I think the first ad for the submarine was like in 64, it stayed till almost 1979. So that became, that was the, you know, the home run for it. Now, of course, everybody from Jude and you would both know, because Jude is the same exact age as I am, that anything we bought as a kid obviously won or parents threw it out on us or it wouldn't mm-hmm. last because of the fact it was made of cardboard or it was a rubber balloon, whatever it was. Well, you know, because of that, I believe that probably the submarine that Probably i have, might the be, only one left. might the be ride.
2: yeah
3: <laughs> in, in and 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 the funny thing about it is when i did an unboxing for it i had like uh 84 thumbs up and i had like 76 thumbs down and the reason there was two things i did first of all this was a couple of years ago when i'm kind of still new to youtube and i had this stupid music in the background that i couldn't really remove after the video was done and uploaded and the other thing is that they wanted me to put it together. Now, how would you put together a submarine that uses said, See, the way that they built the submarine and the rocket ship and all that, it uses a rivet that when you stick it into the yeah. paper, it's like a collapse. You can't remove okay. it. So once built, you can't take it apart. And, and that's the reason you can't put it together. Now, if you guys are aware of it, I don't know if you've been following us on YouTube, either you, know, you or, or Jude that I was asked by actually one of the guys that let me, let me, let me go back a couple of steps. When mail order mysteries came out in 2011, me and Kirk Demaris were over in the Jacob Javits and we were signing autographs of the book and stuff like that. And we were approached by one of the, uh, produ- produ- I think it was a travel channel or one of the uh, companies that pitches shows for one of those channels. And they wanted us to do um Kind of oh, like the yeah. American Pickers. Well, going fast forward, you know, we had, which I'm not going to say in the air what happened, but we kind of didn't get the pitch. We we got to pitch, but we didn't get the <laughs> we didn't get the home run with the show. And I continued to somehow try to reach out to some type of media platform or television or something to try to see if something could be done with all my collectibles. And I got I touch base with an individual from one of the main channels of television, which I can't say the name here because um, it wouldn't benefit me in, in any way possible because there is a book that I'm, I'm putting together, which is like a mail order mysteries number two, a lot better, I think, because I think it will, it will sell very good. It's going to be hardcover and the covers being helped. Somebody's helping me. For while, so I can't in any way, shape or form mention the person. But what I could tell you is that they were going to do a show on, on television. Then they, they were going to do it for Netflix. And that's when the pandemic hit. So I had Rick from Pawn Stars. Um, had a, not, not me, I didn't have Rick. He actually did a, there was a show that somebody <laughs> bought to him, a pocket pen from Johnson Smith Company. The pocket pen. Uh, one of the things he mentioned is that he wanted the summary more than anything in the world. And his parents told me, you can't get it. He goes, and I, I never forgave them since that day. So my artist, the guy who drew for me actually contacted the company that does Pawn Stars and they reached out to me and, you know, I was supposed to fly over to um, Nevada for it, you know, or Las Vegas. I'm sorry. And what happened is that due to the pandemic, again, I, it, it kind of threw a wrench in my in my plan. And the idea was for me to have the sub appear on the show. Uh, you know, getting back, that those are very popular items. And I can tell you this much. I still have my original sub. I still have my original Monster Ghost that I bought in 1973. And I still have the Johnson Smith Ghost, which I got later on on eBay, but. That was the first time I think any of those items ever appeared and I paid a hefty price for it. (laughs) But, um, okay. So what do you guys, uh, uh, you know, I was looking for the
1: message that I sent you. I think it was on Facebook and now I remember I (laughs) sent, I sent a video and, uh, and a picture of me (laughs) with the ghost. I forgot about that, but that's, that's what, okay. Well, um, I don't think I ever had, I can't remember if I had the ghost. I think my friend we we were trying to figure out what to get. It was a ghost and and I think the skeleton hands too. Um but Yeah. You got you got that it. And it was like remote control, control, you, you know. It <laughs> climbs out of your pocket. <laughs> it, it was a string, right? It what it was
3: a string that the 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 thing that's funny about the hands is they were really, really cheap. Yeah, it was offered as a freebie with the order, and the idea was you're supposed to yeah. tie a fishing line to the back of the hands, and then you put it in your pocket and you put the fishing line around. But the thing that's funny about that is, you know, now that you mentioned the hands, is so when a person purchased the ghost, I mean, you're thinking of buying the ghost, and I forgot to include the hands one time this was years ago, and they returned it because they said the hands are missing. <laughs> So some people buy you know, they buy it for the um for the little souvenir yeah. that comes with it more than the well you, Evelyn, funny, do you ever
1: do you think I know you've been looking for the robot, robot plans. But do you really think they oh, exist my life, or was man. it just BS and somebody was just getting a dollar from everybody? No, no, no.
3: The the company that ran the robot plans. Is the same company that sold the seven <laughs> yeah. foot goals called the Melton Company, and they also went under guaranteed distributors, and you'll know them as well because yeah, they also sold that. the yeah. Vampire Bat. The, okay. Now it was sold by the same company. What happened with the Melton Company though is that they acquired the Robo plans from a guy who actually drew them, and the name of the company that the guy who drew them was called the J Dash Mar M A R. And you see a lot of his ads in, you know, like earlier comic books. And um, he passed away in 1971. So, like I said, his ads only appeared in very early issues of Boys Life magazine and, and stuff. So, in there, he describes the robot plans as being, you know, uh, in fact, uh, I almost kind of blew it here. I almost said, the specifications for it. And I don't want to say that because if anybody out there wants to one day make them up, you know, <laughs> they'll be able to kind of... Re- so I know there's certain features of the plans that I would know if they're authentic or not. Now, the... Um, the interesting part about those plans is that they were sold for over 15 years. Quite a few people have bought them, including one guy which, I I mean, it was kind of fascinating that this guy did this because, not fascinating, it was kind of stupid because here's a guy that bought something on eBay from me. He bought the the robot plans that I have, which if you look at the, you know, they were the ones from the Abracadabra Magic Company, which used to kind of have a Frankenstein says, build your own monster. And that's what I ordered as a kid. Now I had those plans, but somehow eBay screwed up and took out the pictures of, of that particular ad and use the one from the robot, the one that I'm trying to look for. So a guy buys him, and when he gets him, he gets mad, and automatically, and this is, gives me a negative feedback, which was actually my first, and I was able to to fight it, but he gave me a negative feedback, and he said, those are not the plants. I had them as a kid. So then that tells uh-huh. one thing, yes, they did exist. This guy had them. The other thing is, I walked into a building, which is a PAL uh, flea market that's been in business for about 30, 40 years. And the guy, one of the guys that I know there that's a seller, uh, the bail order mystery book had come out. This was around 2012. And I walk in and I'm showing him the book and I say, hey, you know, I got this. And then he looks at the plants. He goes, oh, you know what? I got those same plants in my house. I, but I have the one with the little kid. So he had said he had those originals, but he's he's not a nice person at all. So he decided that he would never let me see them, even though he probably is the one that I know would have them today. Um, another individual who did purchase those, mm-hmm. I mean, I've come across quite a few people that have purchased it. Uh, another individual that I came, um, that I was looking for, uh, this individual told my artist in California, Cav, that he has a pair. He says, I had them, I lost them, and I have them again in my other house. Now, this guy sells a lot of memorabilia. This guy does on eBay. He's got like twenty or 30,000 feedbacks, okay? The problem is that he has it in one of the boxes, and he hasn't found it. Pounded. He says, as soon as I do, I will let you know. But, you know, I've been trying. I don't want to, like, rush the guy, but I'm desperate, you know? Now, the other thing that I could tell you about the plans is, one time I wrote to the J. Marr company and found out that the son still had the P.O. box that his father had in 1971. And this is about, I would say, 10, 11 years ago. When I wrote to him, he thought it was his uncle. And he sends me back uh, a photo of the ad and the plans and says, Hey, you can buy them. They're $2 a copy. How many? Do- so I'm like, oh my god, this is easy. I should have done this from the beginning, because there was a time I actually rented a car and drove to Chicago, Illinois, from New Jersey, and look, you know, searching for the Melton Company to see if if I can get a copy of the plastic. there would be one left. Um, anyway, the guy calls me on a Sunday morning, because what I did is I included a twenty dollar bill. I put twenty dollars cash into the envelope, and I sent it right away. And I said, send me four sets. And uh, I said, he's a little extra for the postage. He calls me back, really nervous. I don't know why he got so scared. He says, my dad died in 1971. I, I don't know who you are. He says, I'm not going to give you my name either, but I'm going to tell you this. Uh, those plants, yeah, I don't know. Why do you want them? There was a cheap cardboard robot. So I played it off and I said, no, yeah. my son looked at Anata; he wanted it. <laughs> it was really me. So what he did is he said to me, I'm going to send you some airplanes that my father drew and sold through the mail, but I don't have the plans, Uh. he said. So I was kind of, it was a bummer, you know? Um, He sent me that and that was it. I I never reached out to him again or called. I mean, it's still in the back of my mind to try to reach out and see if maybe he came across a set of them. But the only person that I know officially that has the plans and I know my friend, a lot of people tell well, how, how sure you are. He does because, when I showed him the mail-order mystery and he was looking for it, the moment he looked at that page, he goes, oh, those are... And he described them to me exactly what I know they look like from the people I've spoken that've had them. And he was able to describe it. And he even said, I even, I even spilled soda on mine because I did build it, but the soda stain, I still have it in the same drawer by my bed. But this guy is wow. what they call a jerk with a capital J. I mean... I've even offered him a thousand bucks for this piece of paper. Even I even told him I'll give you five hundred if you let me look at it, <clears throat> and he won't do it. But I guess you know when you when you when you have a family member, especially say that a brother dies, and the brother swears you're not going to see one of uh, something that you wanted. Let's say like like two brothers, and something has to when when a guy has a collectible, the other guy wants, and he and the one brother rather die than give it to him. I guess that's the way he was raised. you know. Yeah. One of, uh, he's not a nice person at all. Because, I mean, I don't know where you would think that somebody can duplicate a pair of robot plants and make a four. Because no. just think about it. Like, how many people would really buy it? It's retarded. But anyway, yeah. that's the only thing I can tell you about the plants.
0: Okay. Wow. So, so You're still I mean, in, in pursuit what? of them, Eddie. That's what you're saying. <laughs>
3: Well, right now, with what, you know, Dr. Saab did for me, at least I did get some closure where he did an actual copy of the actual robot, what it looked like, and I think I can actually design plans from those and kind of make them the way they were, and then I'll probably give them to Todd to finish them up for me and surprise me.
0: Yeah, there you go.
3: But, um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's it's weird how a piece of paper – that was sold for so many years. Has become so elusive. I
0: think you're probably the
3: only one. It. That really and is I looking
1: think... for it. You know.
3: Yeah. You know what's funny. It's When you least try to find it. That's where you find it. But you know what dude, To be honest with you. Um, usually I've noticed this in my life. That anytime I'm trying to sell something. Or I want something. It so happens that a lot of people want the same item. I, I I don't know. Maybe I have this intuition that I know what people like. Uh, it's weird, but um,
1: mm-hmm. that
3: seven foot ghost that you bought, I can tell you this much: you in the month of November, um, they did a, a review for me on um, Laura. Oh yeah, yeah. Legends, one yeah. of the uh, girls, and I sold seventy eight in one single month of those seven foot robot. I mean ghost in the month of November. It was bizarre. That was just
1: bizarre. Yeah, well for me. It just sparked a memory and I and was it's... like, wow, okay. It's a you know what what did it originally sell for? Like a dollar ninety eight or something? Dollar. Yeah. So I'm like, nah, okay, this for is a now. little inflation, <laughs> but hey <laughs> it was cool. And I was like, and then <laughs> I, I also bought the the big Frankenstein green poster, but that was from who? Who was that from?
3: That's mine as well. Um, what happened is the, the 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 original owner of the SS Adams Company, or one of the original owners. Um, he his name is Dave Harversat, and he he's on this show yeah, a lot of times, okay. and he also partnered with me. And we kind of we were we were doing out. See what happens is, as House of the Unusual, I've sold a lot of the novelty items for years. But a lot of those novelty items that I've been selling have always been either, you know, manufactured by me um, or I bought it through a company and repackaged whatever it was. But when it comes to actually making things out of the country, Dave Harvestat, being the owner of S.S. Adams, and a, you know, which was a big manufacturer of things, but they also imported a lot of things, had sure. better connections within China and stuff like that. And we've known each other for 20 some odd years, so uh, we were always considering doing a few things. So what we did is as a project, we took some of the hardest products to reproduce and we did, uh, we reproduced the original hypno coin. It's mine's a lot better because it's, it's a little, it's like half an inch bigger and it, um, excuse me. It actually has a little more, um, twirl than the original hypno coin because it consists of, it's more lenticular. It has a couple of more photographs than the original coin. Um, The other item we reproduced, first time never done before, is the weather houses that we most of our parents had as a kid, where you would have one side that a a girl would come out when it was raining, I'm sorry, when it was sunny, and then the man would come out, and we did that as a haunted house version. It came out so-so, but you know, it was a nice item, and then we did the Frankenstein. The Frankenstein, we were trying to reproduce that in plastic, which was nearly impossible, we contacted over 15 manufacturers for that so what we did is we decided to do it in the green uh, vinyl whatever it is printed on it's really thick and we did it there now it's an exact copy of the original so even though the originals and being plastic was scanned and then it was put together as a puzzle uh, because all the wrinkles in the paper it took I think over 18 hours for it to get you know, put together. But then the one we did after that is we also d- took a magic trick. Uh, we repackaged, you know, really nice magic trick. And we called the Alien 51 Space Orb. Now, what I did with that is I gave all most of the stuff David uh, ships out from, you know, from where he's at. And um, the situation with that is that I have my stuff that I'm shipping. But since it's two different companies and we still as one company, I let him do most of the sales. So I send the people to him. It's a lot easier at the mm-hmm. end of the year. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I don't want to have some of it. And then he has some of it and it becomes more complicated. But, yeah, we've been working together on it for a long time. And, and David also is a strong part of House of the Unusual. And he also has a publishing company that, you know, if you guys like magic books and stuff, it's called. 1878 Press. And he also has an auction house for people that really want to buy rare actual, real wow. posters from Houdini. And and it's called Harvestat and Ewing Auctions. And then he's got Presco. Presco and Xanadu. Uh, I think he uses Presco for eBay and, and Xanadu for um, uh, Amazon. But either or, you buying from them or him or me, whatever, it's still the same company you're buying from because I'm the one that helped produce that. So that okay. is my item as well. Um, but um, all the other posters, though, are produced on demand. Uh, that's why the price is a lot higher, because when we printed that particular one, we had you know, a couple of hundred sent out. Um, the other posters are on demand, so they're in high glossy paper. What I'm going to do with that 7-foot Frankenstein, is as soon as we run out of the ones we have, it's going to go on demand as well because the problem with those posters is that they're very hard to, I mean, it's a pain to ship, find a tube. It's a pain. It really is. Because of the size, just keeping it, you know, it's, it's just crazy. I, I did it for so many, I've been selling those posters since 1995, oh. I think Uh when I first did the, for the, the six foot Frankenstein Dracula and I've sold hundreds of them, but um You know, it's tough. It's tough. The idea, see, I don't make any money hardly on any of them because the cost is so high. Uh, But what I do, I can tell you this much, is the idea is to keep the tradition alive. Right now, probably in the next week or two, I'm going to have two legendary people on this particular podcast. I already spoke with them. I'm trying to see when we can coordinate to do it. And that's going to be Lou Weiss, which is my original partner. He's the one that started the Fun Factory in 1970. Uh, he's the original owner of the Fun Factory before I joined forces with him in uh, 1993, 92, uh, 93. Um, the guy who was the CEO, kind not CEO, but the acting uh, CEO, whatever, of Johnson Smith from 1968 through uh, I believe it was 2010. Craig Taubeck is going to be on. He's one of the guys that helped develop the seven foot ghost, the Johnson Smith ghost. And, you know, and in fact, one of the ghost special uh, ones that I sell on eBay is signed by him. And I'm going to have them both. Now, these are both our, our legends in mail order because, quite frankly, they're like kind of like the only people left alive that ran those companies. Oh. Uh, the other one being me. <laughs> but, um, but uh, I mean, I ran the original company. I bought it back into being. But I mean, uh, people that we can actually trace back to our youth uh, that sold to us are those two individuals. Everybody yeah. else has since passed away. Yeah. So, I mean, William, uh, or you, you got, what can you bring to the table? I know you were saying you like Star Wars, but I can tell you this much uh, Star Wars was great. And I remember going to see it when it first came out. But I lost interest in Star Wars probably in the mid-90s. Yeah.
2: Too much of it. Yeah, and and, uh, I agree, because after doing uh, lots of lightsabers, people didn't realize that in the beginning I did this handmade, and then later we got injection molded uh, handles and things like that. But, uh, uh, yeah, so... They wanted them instantly. And no, I don't have a replicator on the other side. (laughs) You got to put all the electronics (laughs) together, solder together and uh, put the tube in and everything. And there's a procedure for it. But uh, yeah, so but uh, then later on, we did uh, had a machinist and he would turn out aluminum handles and we'd use electroluminescent blades and those you could fight with the glass tubes the neon or argon tubes and they came in various colors the red was the neon and it was clear glass and then we had a plastic shield over that neon tube so it was like cushioned and it had rub uh clear silicone washers that sat in there and they acted as spacers against the outer tube so it would cushion it inside the Uh, tube and then the high voltage electronics to run the single electrode neon was in the handle all protected and the tighter you grip on the handle the skin resistance would get less and the light would crawl all the way up and if you relax your hand it drop all the way down it looked like the real thing on camera it well you saw that animated gif and that's exactly the way the camera saw it so and it's on my uh website hightechmagic.com h i g h then a dash techmagic.com i'm going to have a
3: link at the end of the show for any you know any person who's listening out there that might want to see bill's website uh can go there now bill you also, I, I know I came across it, you reproduced a talking poster. Of
2: yes, the man who Alexander name, the Magician. Magician uh, and with a four-channel remote control and a bunch of electronics in there, and he talks. So he actually says, uh, let's see if I can pull this up. Right. And... Uh, yeah,
3: he talks, and I know he, 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 the Yes, you,
2: they, they move back and forth. So there's a servo in there. I know all, I see all. Yeah, i exactly about it.
3: Yeah. <laughs> that's the sound. What is the sound? Um, no, that's
2: on, on YouTube, and it's youtube.com uh forward slash HT Magic. So uh yeah that's where you that's can see you that short you, video took I that. took on my phone. Now, so I'd like to do a better video. Are you um, tri- are you trying to replicate it? Yes, they will are be for sale for but sale? I'm still working out uh the details. So it'll actually have a four channel remote key fob and when you hit the first button, you'll hear that voice. The eyes move back and forth. They shift back and forth. And then at the end, a card pops out from under his turban. So basically you have your spectator select a card previous. And then the poster has basically four different predictions, uh, to select your chosen card. And the magicians will know what I'm talking about, but may the force be with you and have a magical day, <laughs> which is also my trademark signature. So, yeah.
3: You, you know, uh, one thing that's very interesting too is uh, Chuck, as you guys know, and I'm sure you've been following, Chuck computer joined us back in January 15th, and we decided to do a whole line, which it's actually right now, one of the reasons I've been so busy is trying to get the line produced of magic specialized through Chuck Caputo. In other words, it's all going to bear his name, and he's he's the one finalizing all the tricks, how they work. I'll get the tricks together, and he'll finish it up. And he's, he's heavy into electronics. And if you guys haven't heard of Chuck Caputo, you can Google his name. Not only would you find a lot of information, such as one, he's the right. largest unverdi collector in the world. He's got unverdi magic, and and you know what that is, Bill. And then the other uh, thing that he's good for is that uh, Chuck has been an entertainer for about 40 years, full time. And um, so we're we're I, I've been talking with Dave Harvisat as well because I wanted a lot of those products to be put out by famous companies such as Petrie and Lewis which is oh, yeah. a very famous magic company back in the 50s which which Dave owns the trademark for he owns the company brand um, so it might be put out as you know through him and Chuck and it's going to be I've got the tricks already I'm just getting them together and it's going to be a you know house of the unusual special we're also thinking Uh, Which, you know, William or Bill, you might take into consideration this too, but we're going to probably towards the middle of of this coming year, doing a live telecast of like a magic show and stuff like that. And it's going to be produced by, you know, David Joe there, Mr. Joe there, who's basically our writer and and creator of a lot of our, our, our print material. And and we're gonna have probably uh Dave Harvest and myself put it together and most of the show is gonna be probably done by um by Chuck. But I think it's gonna be cool. It's just a test. We're gonna test the waters because right now doing conventions is still kinda in the air. And we don't know when that's going to change. And right now they're doing a lot of conventions online. And I think it would be kind of cool. Well, to, I, to try to I understand Habits Habits is are
2: definitely going to have their convention this year in Michigan. And it's usually in August. So, um, yeah. So they're actually doing a live convention. And that's in Michigan, one of the hardest states you'd figure. But uh, uh, I don't know. But... I mean, I
3: don't know. It's it's all like, hey, it's worth a try to do everything at the same time. It also is worth to try to do it online through. Uh, I wouldn't say Zoom because I'm not a fan. Uh, you know, I'm not really a fan of the Zoom, but right. there's a lot of other platforms you can use. You know, so uh, Mr. what's Joe, up? What's your take, man? What's your take on this?
0: Why well, I. I that's that star wars that star wars face. lightsaber sounds you know really cool i a few years ago i had a, a buddy who who made me one it was you know he he pretty much made it from from scratch and it was nice there was a little uh kind of like a hidden button on the uh, the hilt where it was was flesh with flush with the rest of it so you could you know while you were if you positioned it right by your um you know, a certain way in your fingers, if you squeeze a little hard, it would, it would hit that button, and the whole thing would light up, you know, it only, it lit up as, at once, it didn't, you know, creep from the bottom to the top, but it was real nice, you know, material, and there was even a little piece in there that he put that, when you would swing it, it would make the, uh, you know, the lightsaber sound, so I used to chase my dogs around with it, and you know shut off the lights and it would glow i had a red one it would glow red so i would chase them around and you know when i would swing it it would make the lightsaber sound and scare the heck out of them i'm sure i'm sure they love <laughs> oh yeah they, they they absolutely loved it the wife know. really loved it too but yeah it was really cool and but but like you said eddie you know i when you know i guess the the middle three episodes came out. You know, I, I I love the original ones. I I mean, those those are definitely classics. But when they they did the prequels, and it was kind of like you know, okay, you know, it's this is I guess all right. But and then when they did the three new ones, it was it was like okay, you know, I'm 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 just gonna stick with the classic ones. You know, the the original right. three. <laughs> you,
3: you, you want you want me to tell you something? There was a company. Back in the early eighties, that they're still in business. If I'm correct, they would call, they would advertise under Popular Electronics, which was a magazine at the time, and Popular Science and Mechanics. The name of the company is
2: yep. Amazing. I know the guy. Now, yeah,
3: you know what you're talking. About? Okay, right. His name is Bob Ayanini. Now, Bob also made a book entitled "How to Build Your Own Robot." No, I'm sorry, "How to Build Your Own." Laser, phaser. I have that book. Yes. And it's a... Okay, I I sold that book in my early days in mail order. That was one of my first books. I have about 40 of them left in stock. But one of the things I'm going to say, though, especially when you see all that, you know, books like that and stuff, Bob Iannini, which if you see him in person, his company sold all the electronic... Wild, space, age, how to electrify your car, how to build UFOs (laughs) from there, everything you can think of that was fun. And I have that original catalog. And here's the deal. I, at the time, I spoke with the owner, Bill, Bob, I mean, Bob. And he told me, because I was considering at the time putting, this is before Ghost Ship Times came out, the, the original magazine. The idea behind the magazine was to make a magazine of science experiments where kids can do science experiments and stuff. And I was going to run ads inside the magazine. This is way before the internet. And I remember Bob said to me, once you do that, I'm going to include you on my catalog. Uh, So, you know, he sent me about 40 different plans. And I started putting together my first issue of Go Ship Times. Um, What I was saying, the reason I brought this guy up is because I think he's the first one ever that sold plans on how to build those... um, you know, those swords, right. like Star Wars. I Actually,
2: him. I worked with Bob yeah. years ago. So, yeah, I, I, I've known him know, for oh my years. God. So, yeah, since the early 80s, I, because, I, I it was kind you of- know, I ordered at the time, I was big into Tesla coils, and I built one with two neon sign transformers, and that thing would throw four-foot sparks in my basement, we were, my friend <laughs> and I, he was my best man in the, my wedding, we were choking on the ozone it was producing. There was so much ozone. We opened the windows in the basement, and I took an exhaust fan and blew it out the window. <laughs> oh, wow. Did, did, did you create a no, Frankenstein no, monster? But, uh, Oh, yeah.
3: man, you could have brought him to life.
2: Yeah, so to the life. the guy that used to do the um, electronics and the old electronics on the old Frankenstein movies, he was a big Tesla coiler, too. So he had all these spark machines and everything. And when you see the old 50s Frankenstein movies and all the sparks running and he created that, and I forget his name, but... That's
1: Kenneth uh, Well,
2: Yeah, Strick. Call- there you go. That's the gentleman, and uh, he did all the uh, they, wild stuff, they, and I had a huge Jacob's Ladder with a neon sign tray, of, a Jacob's yeah, Ladder, and Jacob's ladder. you don't dare touch those electrodes, so I had a plexiglass clear shield, and it would protect you from getting a shock against the electrodes because there's like 10,000 volts in there and the arc starts at the bottom and as it crawls up, it gets wider and wider. So it's a, it's basically the heat, heat rises and it's creating such a, a powerful heat source that the arc goes up as it does because it's conductive. So that's why it crawls up. And then it gets to a point where it can't conduct anymore, so it shuts off and then it starts at the bottom again and get, you get that zip, zip zoop, zoop sound as it as the arc climbs up the uh, Jacob's ladder. So well, yes. isn't that the one yes.
3: they used in the Frankenstein movie? That's what I'm saying. That's why.
2: Yeah, Jacob's about. ladder, <laughs> and then he had this round disc and the sparks would jump from it all around. So he did all sorts of wild stuff, uh, Strickland, and uh yeah he and all the high voltage electronics and everything associated with that now
3: you said you worked with bob Annie you worked with him no the same job no,
2: we were directory. no when we were doing the uh, lightsabers uh yeah the, we come up with uh, originally we were just using uh um PVC tubes and uh, clear plastic uh, acrylic mm-hmm. tubes uh, for the neon, and then uh, later on we got into injection molded handles and things like that. So he did a lot of that in getting yeah. you know the parts I- ordered and everything like that. So yep.
3: You know what? You, one of my favorite ones was was the uh, ion ray gun. Uh, the the plans he sold for it, because if you remember the Ion Ray gun, that you can also buy it built for like a hundred and some dollars. I mean, yeah, I yeah he is. Business,
2: but he was in a car accident uh, several years ago. And, uh, you know, yeah, it uh, it uh, paralyzed him, basically. So, yeah, he gets around in a wheelchair. But uh, uh, it's sad.
3: Wow. I, I know one time when I saw him in a photo, I think way back when he sent me, uh, he was missing several fingers in each hand. And I said, OK, that hmm. tells you wow. he's done a lot of experiments in his life, you know. Yeah, it was very interesting. But I'll tell you one thing. One of the things I got from him that he taught me is in back of one, what my most popular mail order ad of my time ever was one that I did in popular science in the 19, I don't know, mid mid 80s. Uh, late eighties, actually, and it was uh, how to build a free oh, free flying saucer plans catalog two dollars, and the free flying saucer plans. What I did is I took a full page ad that I put together with all the novelties, in the back of it, I took right off of Bob's catalog. He sent me this plans that showed you how to take a, a very thin bag, uh, some type of a uh, plastic bag. And you would interlock four straws, like make a a cross between, you know, four straws and stuff, put pins through them, and you would put birthday candles at the end of each pin. You would tape it into this. Right. Oh, yeah. Very light. Yes. And when you would light it up, right, when you would light it up, it would take off. And I thought it was, I mean, the thing is, when you put it, since the dry cleaning bag, it's a clear plastic and then you put the lights inside. As it takes off as a hot air balloon, in the night sky, it flickers. So it looks like a UF. It's really weird looking, especially, you know, in the if you have, depending what type of backdrop you have. But the thing with that is, though, that what I got scared of it, and, and after I sold over 400 of them at the time, because uh, I did very well that month with that ad, I got over 763 orders. I'll never forget that. And I sent the plans as free, as a free gift behind the ad. And what happened is candles to burn out. It took a long time. So this thing could land in somebody's
2: roof and start a
3: fire. So I decided to stop selling that. Right. But
2: they have a pyrotechnic device called a sky lantern, which basically does the same thing. And the Japanese use them. Uh, but uh, it's basically a short-burning candle, and it's <clears> a, kind of like a paper balloon that inflates, and the hot air carries it away. And yes, it does flicker, and it is unusual when you do see it in the in the sky because it basically lights up the whole uh, inside of the paper lantern. And that translucent paper, you know, gives off a glow. So yeah, it's even better than the. It's better than the dry well, they, cleaning they, bag because the the paper diffuses the light. So it's a bigger, you know, it may be a, yeah. It's a
3: big yeah. It's a bigger thing. Well, that's all taken from the Chinese uh, sky The Chinese, yeah, the Koreans. They have this that's right, Thailanders, they do these things and it's the same thing, same principle, and I do have a couple of those. Original you can still order them in and Pyrotechnics.
2: A- they are available, but yeah, they can start fires if you're not careful. So. Yeah.
3: You got to be careful, but but here's another thing. One of the companies that I think copied a lot of the stuff, well, I don't know if maybe Baba Yannini copied them or they copied him, but there's a company that in the Johnson Smith catalogs used to sell hot air balloons, and they used to sell the 9-foot UFO, which I, I still have quite a few of them. And I sold myself in Boy's Life magazine, and it's a tissue paper. You put it together, and you kind of do like a hot air balloon. And we, But the only difference is is that it tells you to put it over a, an open fire, like a, a fire right. pit in your backyard or something like that, and then it takes off. And it's it was sold by the Space Age Distributing Company, which was out of Michigan, and it, believe it or not, the company is still in business today
0: mm, under wow. uh, the
3: third or fourth ownership. Uh, because I, I I used to sell those nine 4 UFOs; they were one of my favorite things, and I I sold them in Boys Life magazine back in the eighties. So I had it like three or four times listed on it, but like I said, that I mean that's I think it's kind of all the same technique. Between the three companies. But one thing I'm going to tell you with all the companies who we're talking about and stuff, and and Bob and Ianini, Bob was such a phenomenal person, especially when I spoke with him at the time, that he even let me use the word Far Out Science, which was actually an, a flyer he had inside his book there. And I started using the name Far Out Science as my email for many years, which I still have it today faroutscience at AOL.com. It's one of the emails that I originated when I was uh, thinking about doing uh, the time go ship times uh, with Bob. Now, the reason I didn't pursue it is, I guess, you know, working and and just procrastinating. But it would have probably turned into something very phenomenal because, like I said, he was the only company. And still today, if he's still in business, that sold the most fun products that you could ever buy. He sold things from spy telescopes to radio pens, anything, and it was all where you could put it together. Electrify your car, um, build a ray gun, phaser gun, a real laser gun. I think most of his plans were for the lasers. But my favorite, again, was the I am ray gun, of which I actually spent $179 I, and
2: bought it. I have one working. as well. Yeah.
3: So – It says not to use the next two little baby girls. I forgot the reason for that. I think it was the the females. Or you remember Um, that warning?
2: No, because I am not usually around them. But uh, uh, when you use that ion gun, it everything in the air becomes instantly electrified. Your hair starts standing up on end. The hair on your arms goes up, and (laughs) yeah yeah and it charges everything well, in the room what so. happened,
3: yeah I was reading the plans and I have you know of course I have two daughters and my my oldest daughter was about two or three at the time and she's 35 now so you know we're talking a long time ago mm-hmm. and I remember that it said that and I said to my oh my wife showed me says look it says not to use it um you know, next to whatever reason, I, I forgot the reason for it, but it was kind of interesting. So I, I, I started away and, and it's been in storage since that day. <laughs> I never used it again. Um, you know, but it, it kind of got me, it bothered me, but it was, it was interesting though. It was interesting the, the way uh, all the stuff that he in his catalog sold that you could actually build. But uh, I wasn't really into electronics that much. It, I really wasn't that good on it, so I spent the one seventy nine oh. and bought the actual thing. <laughs> it was made with PVC pipes. Yeah. remember? Really, really cool. But anyway, uh, how many more minutes we got on the show here, Joe? Because I we're blasting away. Yeah,
0: we got about three minutes here, so we're gonna we're gonna start wrapping it up here, and we'll give our. Uh we'll go down the list again and give our, our final thoughts or comments for the, uh, the show. So uh, we'll start off with Jude. What's your, you got some, any final thoughts, any final comments Uh, to share with everyone? It's been fun hanging out with you guys. I appreciate it. And,
1: uh, you know, hope to, hope to talk to y'all again and, uh, you know, God bless.
0: yeah it's always great sitting with the round table with with like-minded people and and talking you know about you know just the same interest and in learning new things cuz you know especially with magic i'm always i that's probably my my least knowledgeable area so i'm always interested in hearing different stuff and and learning it and uh so William, uh William we'll go ahead with you what's uh what's well, your your final um, words here
2: I'm an Amverti collector too just like Chuck Caputo and uh similar to him I've built a lot of uh, electronic magic and done other things associated with it uh and uh we actually brought Stuart McDon- uh uh Donald from Penn and teller fool us, he fooled them uh, to our convention in, back in March of 2020 before everything shut down. We were probably the last magic convention going. But uh, yeah, it's been fun hanging out with you and uh, great talking about the old novelties that we saw and used as a kid. It, it's been a lot of fun. Yes.
0: absolutely and and once again uh william and jude uh thank you for joining us uh we want to thank the audience out there definitely for joining us and if you want to see or hear more of us head on over to uh youtube just type in house of the unusual you'll find our playlist there's tons of videos there eddie's always posting something different there without uh, dealing with magic or mail order novelties we've got a bunch of videos by uh Chuck Caputo showing some magic tricks on there. So go ahead and subscribe to that. Click the like button underneath the videos and definitely head over to house of the We have a free forum there. There's um, a mailing list you could get on and, uh, you know, head over to the forum, sign up and, you know, let us know what you're thinking about, or let us know about some of, you know, your collection or, or what you're interested in. And if you want to hear, a specific topic on the show or you want to be a guest drop us a, a line there so um and you could always definitely find us on your favorite podcast uh, platform under house of the unusual so uh tune in to us every week we have a new episode coming out so once again uh jude william eddie thanks for coming on and sharing all your stories and and uh and information with the audience so thanks, guys. Like to good, say night. good night good to night. everyone
2: God
3: bless. Good night now. Bye, guys. Bye. Same here. God bless, guys. Bye-bye.